All right, we're back. It's now it's episode one. Like yes, it's officially yeah, yeah. episode one. Episode zero was let's set the table. Episode zero based on our team of experts uh, working our behind team the of scenes. Experts, yeah, team of experts working behind the scenes. Episode zero is the chum you throw in the water to yeah. attract the sharks or the. 13 god bless them souls that checked out the first episode we're getting there well the, mostly the, like my mom the zero episode your, your mom watched, your mom watched it nine listening. times my sister jennifer watched it 13 yeah. times we're 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 killing we're it crushing it we're killing it <laughs> women 34 to 62 crushing it um yeah oh and my friend bill bill listen <laughs> hi bill thanks bill yeah so uh <laughs> yeah uh so this is officially now episode one and uh we're going to go a little bit deeper. We sort of said, you know, why the hell are we here? Uh, why jump into the, um, you know, the, the pea soup that is already the podcast community because, and that, that's a whole, everybody's doing it. It's a, well, it's a whole nother conversation I, about people and their limiting beliefs of, well, I could go do that. I could go do this. Like look at any parallel, any industry, any vertical in any sales division or anything. There's probably more than three people doing it. So that begs the yeah. question, why do anything? Um, and we talked last week about finding our tribe. And, and, and part of that is, you know, uh, making sure that a first and foremost, Aaron and I have known each other for, uh, for quite a bit. And then I've been working in, um, in the same, the same company for a few years and now together, um, in our roles at our company for the last year ish. Yeah. Year ish year in September, year in September. We've been and teammates. Yeah. And there's stuff, and this happens, I mean, this happens to, to married couples. I mean, we're at the point now, uh, Janina and I, the wife and I are closing in on 24 years. So there's not That's too amazing. much she doesn't know, which begs the question, why is she still here? Another episode, whole new show, episode 38. I can she feel just it. bring her on and she yeah. can tell the story. Probably not going to give her air. Unabridged, you know, extra <laughs> chapters on G Timothy. Maddie and Janina do a takeover and we take the week off. I feel like Matt wouldn't have that much to say. I'm not that, I'm not that complex. Janina's got a list. Yep. <laughs> we used to do this at the holidays. We used to do this at the holidays. So historically, um, when we would have big family dinners and, and my, my parents still own the house in Chelmsford and my, we just lost my dad in March, whole nother show. Um, not COVID whole nother show. So uh, we just lost my dad in March, but historically we would have everybody at my parents' house in Chelmsford for holidays. And just making the list comment reminded me, um, the guy from <laughs> Christmas Vacation, the old uncle that was angry at everything, this was my great uncle Bobby, who was around. I that and he, movie, I don't think. He played like, he, for me, he was like a maternal grandfather because he just fit that role after I lost my okay. maternal grandfather. Right. And always growing up when we were ready for dinner it was somebody was going to say grace and my father always bestowed that honor upon me so i'd be about to do it and my dad one year thanksgiving probably and he's just like before timothy says grace uncle bobby has a list of 25 things that piss him off so i yeah <laughs> I, I i feel like janina's list of things she'd like to discuss about me might be longer uh all that aside we could give uh, her two episodes yes <laughs> and nobody will be back for the cliffhanger the episode two users guy to yeah we're not back so <laughs> Uh, all that aside, um, we, we wanted to spend this one going a little bit deeper and just talking about some stuff that you and I admittedly didn't know. I was thinking, you know, yeah. between, cause we weren't sure first and foremost, we were going to be here. We thought episode one officially might be next week, which yeah. will now be episode two, which is pretty yep. cool. And above and beyond that, um, 
we are bringing in our good friend, uh, Brian Gendron. And, uh, yes. and he is got a lot going on. It's going to be a really cool conversation about one of our own from here in New Hampshire, who has ventured out to start his business in Houston. And he's, he's got a lot of irons and a lot of fires and that's going to be a great conversation. Yeah, so we'll expect to see Brian Gendron next week. I was just thinking, you know, as we, as you and I pretty quickly decided, it's almost like when you run a big race or you do any physical endeavor, you're th in the race and you're like, this sucks, never doing it again. And as soon as yeah. you finish, you're like, when do I register for next year? So it's kind of like having we, a baby. As yeah, soon as we finished last week, I thought to myself, we're ready for next week. Because our only concern yeah. was, you know, A, we want to keep the consistency of Wednesdays, then above and beyond that, we want to just make sure that we are doing, um, you know, having conversations that are, are worth, I mean, and here's the thing, uh, all 13 of our listeners are going to love conversation number two, episode number one. And I thought we need to start breaking through the crust of like what you and I don't know about each other. Yeah, could be fun. It's sort of like the reverse um, dating game because we've been business teammates for yeah. a year now. Yeah. So now, yeah, okay. So in that light, I thought I'm going to ask Aaron, and I asked you a few days ago, I'm like, hey, just to shoot. And here's the thing. I mean, it's, it's on the mic flag. We yeah. do a relative amount of show prep. There's not a lot of meat on that bone. We're coming in and we're just, we're really super the day. Uh, there's a lot to talk about. It's 2020. If you're out of topics, you're a boring individual. Like you, <laughs> might, be, you might be the human representation of a yawn if you have nothing to talk about in 2020, I mean, right? Honestly. I, there's so many directions you could go with that. Yeah. Like, I yeah. mean, the conversation opportunities are literally endless. Endless. Yep. So, Endless. so yeah. I thought, I thought, yeah. I'm just going to shoot you a text. And I said, yeah. have you ever been fired? Yeah. Super random now, out of nowhere. Yeah. yeah. And if you, if you're just landing here for the first time, welcome, this is unscripted. My name is Tim Lindsay uh, and uh, Aaron McLaughlin and is Aaron on the McLaughlin. other side of your screen. And, <laughs> and um, you're thinking, oh, he's definitely been fired. Uh, Aaron, on the other hand, um, you just represent that you probably haven't been fired. So I'm, I'm intrigued and it's your turn. Tell your story if you've got one. Uh, so no, I mean, I feel like we've all been fired at one point. Like it's like a rite of passage. I'm not talking about relationships. I'm talking about work, employment. Um, so no one's ever broken up with me ever. No, oh. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah. So this story I'm going to go with, there's a couple stories, but I, this is really the true absolute one time I've been fired um, was when we were first living in New Hampshire after um, I went to school in New York and I got, I was certified as a teacher. We mm. moved here and um, the school year had started. So I'm trying to think like the timing of things. I think it might've been October, November. So I was working as a social worker. Mm -hmm. And at some point in that year, I ended up kind of getting piecemealing mm. a teaching job together, like cobbled a teaching job together with this tutoring place that I was working. And I think they realized they're like, oh, she's certified in math and she's certified in history mm. and we're going for our state certification. We'll put her in the books as one of our teachers. So I had this job like as a social worker and then I would tutor at night at this school. Well, I wasn't actually teaching any classes during the day. Over time, I ended up starting to teach classes during the day. And at one point I was working like 54 hours a week. Oh. Yeah. And right. 
Um, and I kind of was, I mean, I was young and I was like a new teacher and I was just so happy to have a job sure. and it was a private place. And I, um, I was like, so I feel like I'm working a lot of hours. Should I be getting overtime? And that was the first conversation. And then I, I wasn't yet married and I was perilously close to the like no insurance age. Sure. Right. Like my I think it's 26 now, but when I, when we were younger, it was what, 22 or 23? You couldn't be on your parents' insurance anymore or something? Sure. After graduate like if you, school? If, or, if you were still a student, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I had finished graduate school, and like, so I was very close to being found out that I was mm. like on my parents' insurance, and so anyway, I was like, um, you know, maybe I should be getting insurance, and I was very passive at that point, yep. and um. So I don't think he realized how much I was working. Um, and then I was like, I also don't think I can sign the affidavit for the state that I'm an employee here and you could like, use my license. Because I'm not. It's like that scene from Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah. I don't really work here. That's what makes it so difficult. <laughs> yeah. It was totally that situation. I was like, yeah. I don't know if I feel comfortable filling mm. out this paperwork yeah. for the state. When well, I was, just got here and I'm hoping to get a legit teaching job at some point. <laughs> so they were, they were like padding the bench with your accreditation, right? Did they need enough yes. accredited teachers? Yeah. They just needed your warm body with your diploma and your accreditation atta attached to you. Right. And yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, I was working and I was working with students, but I wasn't really a part of the school. I wasn't going to staff meetings. I was working like an insane amount of hours. Um, for not and, enough money. They were getting you ready to be a teacher. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Teaching and, boot camp. Yes. Well, and I'm, you know, two of the, the teachers that I taught with there um, are maybe they're even listening because they'll be, probably be laughing right now at mm. how ridiculous that situation was. So, um, yeah. And I was like the only one I was last one in like totally weird situation. And so I was getting wise to it. Mm. And, um, and then, I just got a call like on a Friday after school, sure. got home. It's like five o'clock. You don't need to come in on Monday. Wait, what? No, Aaron, you don't need to come in on Monday. What do you mean? I don't need to come in. <laughs> like, you were the I've first New Hampshire teacher to work plus, from home. Yeah. I've been working 50 plus hours a week. Like what? Yeah. And um, We're going to distance your employment and your money. <laughs> yeah. I was Good. like, is this, and at the time, like I, in my mind, I'm like, I think it's because I said I wouldn't sign the state form. Mm. Right. Like I just, but I just, I don't really know. Ultimately, I never got a reason. Never. There was just uh, you don't need to come back. You don't need to return. And I still, you know, to this day have no idea really what happened. Uh, what I can say, though, that was good about they it. They didn't was, have overtime money. There's my guess. Right. Yeah. It was a lot of things. They didn't mm. want to give me benefits. Mm -hmm. They didn't have overtime money. There's probably stuff going on with the budget. They didn't mm -hmm. have. I don't know if they had staffing permission, like because they were somewhat funded by the state to have the number of teachers that they had. Like there were there were a lot of problems and I was getting wise to them. So, yeah. I mean, none of them were problems for children. They were problems, paperwork problems, right? Sure. Yep. Um, so, 
yeah, so it was just, and then, I mean, ultimately, I think I still tutored like a couple hours here and there for a while. And yeah. then it was just super weird because I was like, I, I, I don't want to see the owner. And so, and I was like, yeah, we're done. You know, like, I'm just not going to come back. But um, yeah, so then, but I, I, the thing that was good about that, I guess, was <laughs> I was like a teacher sort of in the end of the school year ish with still some time left in the school year sure. with no job. And if you're a public school teacher or a teacher at all to like get a job in May or April, it's not mm. a thing. Like yep. you can't, you can't yeah. do that. So, um, so I started a tutoring business. I had a non-compete with that individual. So I had to start it in another city. Oh, and, um, yeah. So, I mean, he made quite a bit of money when I was tutoring. And then I started a party business um, <laughs> at the same time. Okay. And, uh, but it was like, a, like bouncy castles and exploding cakes or what's happening? It, so it was, and it's like a big, I think it's still a thing now. It was, this was before it was a thing. So it was an art business. Okay. So I actually supplemented the art programs at different private institutions okay. and camps. I did, a, I did um, a couple of big camp programs, preschools that wanted to like hire in. And I did everything based on story and literature. Okay. And, um, you know, and then I had projects that I did with the kids. I taught them about line and color and shape and all these things around art and um, tied it back to literature. And um, so I did that. I did a big event for the hospital when the two major hospitals in Manchester merged. I did a like a four day event for them um, with, I don't even know, thousands of people in the city of Manchester. So that was pretty cool. So I, I mean, I used my connections and I guess what I knew and I was like, okay, what can I do to make right. some money? Sure. Um, and yeah, so that's, so it was a good thing. I guess it sparked that entrepreneurial like sense of in me sure. because before that I was just like somebody give me a job <laughs> well yeah and I mean if that if that's your horror story I yeah well all I'm all I'm gonna say is that you you got I, I hate to break it to you, you got you got laid off they ran out they ran out of money that's not a fire yeah well yeah. I mean it felt like I was getting fired mm -hmm. like you don't need to come back. I wish, I wish we had put something on the line before we told our stories because I think I'm about to win. Um. Oh, all right. I know because I don't know this story. Yeah, it's well, well, and yeah, nobody dies. I mean, let me, you know, let's let's just make sure everybody understands. Oh. It's, it, if that's the if that's the criteria for winning. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, backing up a little bit. So before, um, uh, after college uh get into radio and then from uh i was doing an internship the internship i meet my wife and then we end up moving this way because i was on the air at a, at a station in portsmouth um they'll remain nameless the people who know who know we're protecting the innocent they know who they are yeah well trust me yeah i might get salty enough in the next 10 minutes that names start flying around but anyway it, it's All not right, really it's, it's not it's really not worth it so that that being said um uh, I'm at a station in uh, Portsmouth here in New Hampshire, and uh, I go at that station. I, I start in, here, come, here comes me dating myself. I start in March of 98 and go all the way up. I spent uh, March of 98 to September of 2005 at that station. And in that time span, I go from weekend overnights all the way up to the morning show. 
So we get to the morning show. Um, and I was there for what they call in the industry, a cup of coffee. I was there for a, a hot second, uh, grand oh. opening, grand closing. Yeah. So like so, one, so. one episode. <laughs> no, not that bad. <laughs> I think, I think everything, uh, everything I'm about to tell you might, might shock few people as you get to know us even better. Um, the gift and the curse of my mouth. Right. So, uh, okay. that that's what exit. And for most radio people, obviously that's what exits you from the role. Typically, um, your inability to use it or your ability to overuse it, right. You're either not getting the ratings or you're attracting attention from the wrong people. Um, okay. so yeah, we, uh, we get to the morning show. I joined a team that had a member that, that, uh, that left. And when I go in, uh, we're in the midst of like normally, you know, especially in a radio program, everyone would take the week off and they'd run other episodes or another team would jump in or the afternoon guy would jump in okay. and do a week of radio. Uh, for whatever reason, um, our female co-host was off. She's on a cruise with her husband. It's myself and my co-host. And we had these things that we, we would insert into the show because, and especially now we know this, we just joked about it at the top of this show, um, stuff happens overnight. So as you went through our little, just, we're going to talk about this. We're going to hit this story, that story. We're going to talk about this. We had something set up. We had somebody calling right. in a guest. And then you'd see in our charter, we had little things called ONS, overnight news stories is what I invented. And that was just something that we were going to pull in that could have happened at 4.30 on our drive into the studio. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, again, because we were just like sort of coming out of a break, I looked at him and I'm like, I'm like, and we were having a quick conversation about him and his car. <laughs> and I'm like, let's just go with it. You know, so headphones on, mic on, and we start talking. And the evolution of the conversation was that he was getting his car fixed at a dealership. And... I went from being the guy on the radio to just Tim. And we started having a really honest conversation. None of this should shock you. And at that same moment, I forgot that at this particular radio station, we were pretty deep on the books with our, our you know, advertisers were uh, hospitals and dealerships, both new and used cars. So I, I would always I feel joke. like I'm afraid about where this is going to happen, even it's, though nobody dies. So I our, know our radio station was great. Now. Our radio station was great. If, uh, if you were sick or bleeding out or you needed a ride, we were the place you listened to because we were going to talk about all the local hospitals and all of the dealerships. So okay. forgetting that 74 and a half percent of our book of business was with car dealerships and having just an honest conversation with my cohort across the, across the panel from me, we started talking about him getting his car fixed at dealerships. And I'm just like, you brought it to the dealership. He's like, yeah. And I just, I'm asking these questions. Um, unvetted of course, cause the mics are on and who cares? Um, I'm asking, cause I know the age of his car. I'm like, you still under warranty? And he's like, no. And I'm like, well, why would you do that? Right now? All the while, if you're listening right now, you're thinking, oh, this sort of sounds like the Right to Repair Act. Stay tuned, right? And no, I didn't go to the Congress or the State House and petition for that. But that was, that was 20 seconds after all this happens, um, which if you don't know what the Right to Repair Act is, it's the fact that you should be able to take any vehicle in any right. state of warranty and go to any person that has a wrench and a clue and they should be able to right. fix your car. It yeah. shouldn't be locked down by a code beholden to the dealership or to right. the brand, right? So we keep going down this path. And- and I'm just like, oh, I said, you know, well, what, what makes you break, go to the dealership? He's like, well, I don't know. He just, he does. And some people just go to a dealership because they go to a dealership. It's yeah, because they're always comfortable and habit. Yeah. Or, or maybe they have a great relationship. So I, I yeah. just said the infamous words. Don't you have a guy? 
right? And everybody does now. When you talk about it now, talk, think about any industry. People have their butcher, their baker, their candlestick maker, their, 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 their hairdresser, their barber, uh, their real estate agent. Everybody's got their person, right? right? So, And that's where I was coming from. And he's just like, well, um, yeah. And I start talking at that point. Every vehicle, every station vehicle in our fleet, four stations, vans, cars, SUVs, we would send them all, and I'll give these guys credit, to Sullivan Tire at the time. So I said, you know, well, Sullivan Tires, like we bought them at dealerships. And obviously, we were, we were acquiring our vehicles from dealerships all over the seacoast, although we were sending it to Sullivan Tire because we just, they knew us in and out. And it was probably a trade at that point, you know, for advertising, right. which is completely legal and above board. And I would bring my car over there because half the time on lunch breaks, I'm driving one of the vans over there and they just right. knew me. So he's like, oh, and I, and I start, and now here, now, now the, the brakes come off, the wheels come off and, and I just turn into, you know, Timmy. And I'm like, oh my God, the dealership. Like if I walk in, they charge me an extra thousand bucks just for being fat and I just let it ride. Like I'm just, yeah. And all the, what mic's on, hop mic. Yeah. So the mic's on and I'm just <laughs> having an honest conversation though. Right. So yeah. all this being said, we finished the break, shut her down and we finished the show. And the morning show at the time ran six to 10, 10, 15. He and I uh, are sitting in our office and, um, and my, my program director at the time, God bless him, OD comes over and he's like, hey, um, you guys got a minute? I'm like, and I'm thinking to myself as we're walking to OD's office, I think I know what this is about because we did a right. whole nother bit earlier in the morning about what's the dumbest thing you've done naked. And you can imagine some of the calls we got. And at the time, you know, there were tools that we had to record stuff, but we would let stuff fly unless it was ridiculous. Most of the stuff was pre-recorded, and we ran through this, you know, seven or eight people chiming in with the dumbest stuff they've done naked. And one guy said, I used to grill in the nude until I burnt my meat. Double entendre, thank you. Try the veal, we'll be here all week, right? So yeah. in my head and in my heart, I'm thinking, oh, we heard about the guy burning his meat. I'm going to yell that for that. So we sit down. No sooner do we sit down, oh. and that feeling when you're in the fourth grade and you brought home the most delicious you're report like, card I'm ever. Anxious right yeah. Now from yeah. You, br story. you bring home the most delicious report card ever. And your dad pulls in from Raytheon and you're like, he's about to see all my awful grades. Like my blood started to run backwards. Cause no sooner am I sitting down. Remember Will Ferrell in, uh, in, is it old school? Is it old I, school or is it the, the, the one where he's, they go back to being the frat. I forget. About yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Old school. Yep. No sooner do we sit down, my hand, my butt's not even in the chair yet. And, and OD goes, were you guys talking about car dealerships? And like my blood just ran backwards because it wasn't even, I wasn't even thinking this is going to be the issue. Right. Guaranteed it's the other thing. Yeah. So I'm I mean, like, when does car dealerships win over burnt meat? <laughs> I mean, really? <laughs> that day. And the, 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 as your, as my life or my radio career at the station is flashing before my eyes. I'm thinking, I've said such ridiculous crap on the station. Right. Really, really fast, right? That never led to this. Doing the weather all the time. I almost sang the jingle. I don't want to do that. Well, most of my friends know where I worked. Um, we had a little jingle and it was like, and it would literally sing Seacoast weather. And I would get on and I'd be like, blah, 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 this, doing, and this is over the winter, right? And I'd be like, um, you know what? Little snow over tonight, just a dusting. Don't worry about it. two to three inches. My wife deals with it all the time. And I'd go, you know, uh, you know, 62 degrees in Portsmouth and right back into the music, right? And OD would come and be like, what are you doing? You know, because I slipped in that quick little one-liner. All that stuff never got me in trouble because you truly don't get in trouble unless somebody calls the FCC, which wasn't the case here, or if clearly a client <laughs> calls the general manager. 
and says, what were they talking about this morning? So, yeah. Um, yeah. so we're back on the air the next day. It was a Wednesday and uh, we're finishing that show. And I know my general manager is getting back from a conference. Um, and I'm thinking it's probably not going to go well today. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Today, I feel like today's going to be different than yesterday. So we're signing off. And I remember saying, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I did, I would always say, see you tomorrow. And I just said, goodbye. Cause I knew in my heart of hearts, I just, I could feel it. Yeah. So uh, we get off the air. Uh, I got suspended Thursday off the air. He was off the air. Uh, they threw somebody else in the morning show and then they did the same thing on Friday and I was called Thursday night. Uh, can you be in here Friday at 10 15? Anytime they ask you, if you're a morning guy, they ask you to come in after your show is over on Friday. It's not yeah. This is like the, the, the adventure book turned to page 22. If you want Timmy to fall down the well, I fell down the well that day. So wow. let me say this concerning that. I, there's not a piece of me that went home and slept in the fetal position. I never felt bad about what I said. I never, I never truly regretted what I said. This all ended so well, which sounds really weird. Like after this happens, uh, this is almost like back to Kramer getting fired. Yeah. Like I'm leaving the office. I'm at one point standing outside the morning show office telling OD, my, my program director and our general manager at the time, he'll remain nameless because yeah, I want fine. a Khaleesi. I want to burn his King's Landing to the ground at some point in my life. No, I didn't say that. I did. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, it's fine. And we're standing in the hallway and we're just having this super chill conversation. I'm like, well, guys, I'm, I'm going to grab a couple things now. I'll come back over the weekend for the rest. They knew it wasn't going to go horribly wrong. I'm not going to run back in on Saturday and start screaming my head off. Like it, right, just, like it was what it was. Place on fire. And I hadn't really processed everything. Um, so that was good. Now my cohort is coming in as I'm leaving. We'll get to that in a second. This is my, this is where my love for Boston college football comes in. This is when BC football or BC in general was joining the athletic uh, coast conference, the ACC. And I was concerned that I wouldn't be able to go to the game on Saturday because they want me to go to do some remote. <laughs> and now my first thought is I don't have to go to that stupid remote. So I turned around and said to OD, I'm like, you know what the blessing of all this is? He's like, what? I'm like, I can go to the BC game Saturday. And he just shakes his head like he's like, I just took it in stride. I'll never regret saying well, that. What else are you going to do? It wasn't I mean... maniacal. It wasn't maniacal. And what this came down to in the course of a, a few days, some kid, um, and I won't mention dealership names, um, Exeter right at the corner of 125 and 101. Um, <laughs> some kid that works at that dealership that starts with a T and ends with an Oda. Um, he walked in and just said, did you hear what they were just saying? So, so the powers that be, didn't even hear it. Some person that works at the dealership did walked in that started enough people asked around and then talked to other dealerships and whether people heard it or not, this one person at this one dealership got a bunch of people in 125 and just in our book of business to come from my head. Now the lesson there is if you have the right general manager and at the time I didn't, that's why I decided not to use his name earlier, the right general manager at that time. And this is, this is uh, September of 2005. And I mean, when I say this, I mean the general manager we had prior and my friends will know who I'm talking about. The general manager prior to the current general manager at the time would have said, listen, we're going to get you some Red Sox tickets. You're going to get a limo. You're going to get some girls with moral compasses that might be off kilter. We're going to send you down in the limo. We're going to make sure all these people have a really good time. And by the time it gets back, everybody's going to be in a, like, we're just, we're going to take these guys out and these girls out and show them a good time. And you're going to host it. And it's all like that. Something like that would have taken place only for the fact that I've heard stories like that take place. Right. This was very cut and dried. All things considered, I truly believe that there was just, there was always uh, a decision already sort of made in the ether that they wanted um, 
a different show. They wanted to bring me in, but they wanted different people on the other side of the table from me. And I chose to stick with the party that was there because I felt grateful that I was allowed to join it. Right. That was a little bit to do with it. That wasn't the case. Um, general manager at the time had no spine. The director of sales at the time had no spine. She knows who she is. She still works in town. How you doing? Um, and oh yeah, yeah, she's a pleasure. Um, and, and when that all happened, I just, yeah. So from there I went and I jumped into, um, this is where it gets quirky. I go from there, my friend, and at that point, um, we have Aiden. Cameron is about to be on the way. The next day, Janina tells me she's pregnant with Cameron. The next day. Oh, that's yeah. rough. Yep. Yeah. It was, well, it was, oh, it was fun, fun, good stuff, good times. And so we, uh, I jump in and I am working at GameStop for 12 seconds just to keep my head on straight. And yeah, I was there. Somebody found me, somebody came in from behind GameStop over on Woodbury, behind like Market Basket and stuff in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. There's a place okay. called Direct Capital. Somebody from Direct Capital came in. They recruited me. I went and did sales there for 12 seconds um, and left before 60 Minutes showed up. And then they, nobody showed up, but I felt, okay. like, they were, I felt like they were going to. And it then I go to then way. PC Connection. Like I, I then went to PC Connection, now called Connection, which is the tech company. Yeah. Our friend from next week, who you're going to meet, Brian Gendron, got his start in the tech industry and did his first 12 to 15 years in tech before he goes to Houston and starts his company that we'll talk about next week. How long were you there? Uh, I was at both of those uh, for months, for like a hand, handful of months, because at the same time, I also went up at, at this point. Um, my good friend Corey got me up the street at um, what was then WRED, which was at uh, 95.9 at that point, a hip hop station. Much to your point, they brought me in and they're like, sure, we'd love to have you do so. I was going in to, do, to fill in some nights and late nights and maybe do some <laughs> overnights. They didn't have any money. Right. Same thing happened where they're just like, yeah, so here's the tough part about payday. We loved having you Monday through Friday, <laughs> but with, I keep sliding the beads on the abacus and it still just doesn't add up. Yeah, so, so what is your volunteer salary? Yeah. <laughs> well, but, here, but the breeding there is I was, you know, my entire internship down in Boston. I'll mention that name because they're phenomenal. I, I was blessed to be able to do my internship at, at Kiss 108 in Boston. And there is where, and this creates this entire path to this episode, quite honestly, right? I mean, everything does, but truly it's yeah. there that I meet Janina. And then I come up to the cluster here in Portsmouth. And I mean, radio cluster, not cluster. Like people would say it's a cluster. Yeah. It is. And it's not. And that's where I meet uh, our good friend, Nathan, who, yeah. owns, who owns our current company. Right. So, right. so it was all a pass to get to these people who became a wealth determiner in my life. And obviously my the backbone of our family, right? My wife right. tolerates me and our two boys and that's a full-time job, right? Yeah. So yeah, it was that all of that was just a pathway to get me to where I was supposed to be, which is, is crazy. And I'm truly not, I know it sounds like, dude, you're on the morning show when you got fired for saying Sullivan Tire. It, it's, there's a lot more moving parts to that, but I'm, I'll never feel bad. Honestly, a month later or so, Janina and I are with my parents out to dinner and uh, Cheryl, with respect, we call her Cheryl the Pearl. Cheryl's sitting across, across from Janina. I'm sitting across from my dad. And my dad hears these two guys at the next table talking about the right to repay a bill, which it wasn't that yet. But the guy was bitching about the fact that he had to go back to the dealership to get this one little thing because they had the code and his mechanic couldn't get it open. Couldn't right. read the computer. And my, dad, and my dad's just like, that's why he got fired? And I'm like, yeah, he's like, pass the salt. Like he was just like, you know, 
So, and he, I mean, it, whether he was upset with me or not, there was no emotion. He's an Irish Catholic Vietnam vet. It was just like, you know, the screen yeah. was on pause quite a bit. So, yeah, but it, that's what it was. That's my good fired story. Now, my good friend, Chad, who's still in the industry doing voice work, he would argue that you're not really in radio until you get fired. So, <laughs> because well, most know, of my I friends, think... I've got friends who were just, yeah, like the, the swinging door of radio is a tough ride. And I knew in that moment that I was not because, you know, you could at that point say, okay, I'm throwing, uh, I'm throwing my, didn't even know yet, pregnant wife, our, young, our, our oldest son in a U-Haul and we're going to drive around looking for my next opportunity. Right. And that's what a lot of people do. And I respect that. And, and people that are in radio that should be in radio that have great game. It's awesome. Right. Uh, and I knew in my heart of hearts, it's going to be pretty soon because Seacrest was becoming Seacrest. It's going to be Seacrest and Howard. And that's where we sort of live right now outside of I've got good friends and great, great, great gigs around the country. But other than that, it's slim pickings. You're getting paid dog meat and they're beating the hell out of you to have you do a whole bunch of different things. I end up back at that cluster doing overnights for the station down the hallway from 2006 to 2009. And then at that point, um, the company used to be called, I won't say, uh, there's a heart in their logo now. Um, they had a 3,000 person bloodletting in late April of oh, 2009. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then I got re-released. <laughs> re-released. Yeah. And, and, well, and at that, and that point in 2005, when I lose the morning show, I'm, there's not a piece of me that's going to start to chase radio around the world. And then when the, when the final 2009 let go, I'm just like, okay. And at that point I was doing some, some, you know, some coaching uh, at a company in Portsmouth and a few different areas around New Hampshire and then running into Nate. And he's like, come over here and yell at these people. And here we are. So and here we are. Cause he escaped yeah. radio. He escaped, he'll, he'll remind you he escaped radio in due time. I kept yeah. telling you to leave. I kept telling yeah. you to leave. It was too good. Well, you know, and it, but that brings us back to this whole idea. And you can actually see I have like the little sign I have mm. over fail often, fail fast, fail forward. Mm -hmm. And like, I think just as a teacher, I, I'm so comfortable with like failing at things um, because I know that I can get better. Right. Mm. And everything's an opportunity. But when I, I wish I had known that when I was younger. Um, yeah. right. Cause it didn't feel that way when it happened, I'm sure. And, yeah. and I can remember, you know, like Matt and I were not yet married and we had rent to pay. And I was like, I, what am I going to do? Like, and I actually, I also like, not only did I start two businesses, I also worked retail. I worked at the mall, mm. like selling clothes and, you know, <laughs> I worked at a music box store. I yep. mean, like I worked, if there was work to be done, I was just going to go do it. Um, but you know, at the time I felt like such a loser, like, oh my goodness, how did this yeah. happen? Right. Yep. Like, and then I look at like my husband who's been, he's a recruiter, right? Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. but he, he generally likes to be in contracts and so contracts don't last forever, right? Like, <laughs> so I'm like, he, he's like a professional at getting fired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Your contract's just done. And um, he's like, all right, cool. And he's like always on the hunt for like that next thing. Yeah. And, you know, it's been a lot of years, so I'm used to it now. But when we were 
you know, when we were first to married, I was like, what do you mean they're ending your contract? Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> he's like, it's okay. I'll get another one. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. Um, so it's just like sort of your mindset around it. Um, like there's plenty of work out there. I'll go find something to do. Um, but yeah. Well, and I, mean, I, and I guess for, for me, cause you talk about when you had 15 side hustles that equaled one yes. sort of hustle, right? Sort there of was a, a job. There like was a barely point in time. enough. <laughs> there was a point in time and it was only due to proximity. Um, so I grew up in Chelmsford, Mass. Of course, Janina is a transplant. She's from uh, just outside of Sydney, Australia, Engadine, Australia. Um, and she, uh, she's over here. We are married at this point. And I at, there is one point where I am doing my day job. She'll correct me later. And she sells those shirts, by the way. He was wrong again.com. Yeah. She bought, she bought the domain. She already owns it. Um, <laughs> I'm working a day job at like a, at like a, a tech company in like the R and D lab, like literally soldering parts onto the back of boards during the day, listening to Howard. Then I would leave there to go to, uh, uh, ERZ, uh, and, and do my show and then just gave the name out. And then from there I would <laughs> slipped out. Whoops. Sorry. Well, the irony is the Whoops. day job, the day job was called electronic retailing systems. So I used to leave my day job at a tech firm that was called ERS and then come up to the call letters of ER. It was very, yeah, it was a lot going on. And then I would answer the phone at the day job and say the call letters from the radio station. So between all this yeah, time, keep I'm, it, straight, right? it was crazy. I was doing that during the day, which was paying the bills. <laughs> okay. Sort um, of. Th yeah. That, that was literally supporting the habit of, or I should say the hobby of real estate. So between there, it was either come up to Portsmouth to do a radio show, go into to KISS because I was playing with the big boys there and just keep learning. That entire time was unpaid internship stuff. And then there was some part-time stuff that I was getting paid for. Um, but that was just four years of, are you willing to? And this is what's not happening now. Here comes Grandpa Lindsay. There's what's not happening now. Kids aren't willing to say, you know what? I'm going to go in and I'm going to heat up a bag of nickels and smash myself in the face and just go learn a trade, learn a job, learn an industry. And, and I think that's going to come full circle now with what we're heading into with everything going on in our country. Uh, and the, the other little tiny thing that was also happening, and this was not much money, it was just super close to where the wife and I lived, um, a great little tiny station in Lowell. And I would go in during a night, uh, syndicated night talk show. And all I was doing was running the carts, which looked like eight track tapes, which if you don't know what I mean, ask your great grandparents. <laughs> and they were with carts and everything's computerized now, carts where I would just throw in. And it, it was so underfunded there that the owner, God bless him, would say, uh, listen, just here, uh, obviously, I think it was Tom Likas was the show that I was running the board for. Uh, when Tom finishes, uh, obviously, you can see here, Tim, you've got a four, four minute break to fill. Um, and you'll notice we don't have any ads sold. <laughs> no ads sold. I was just going out and I would play my favorite Sanka commercial. Oh my God. Ford commercial. <laughs> so I just had, I knew I'm like, I need four minutes. Oh, I'll play my favorites. I was playing my favorite commercials because we didn't even have a traffic department that was telling us what commercials to play because they weren't really selling that many ads. But I was going in, getting a few dollars and just staying in the game. And if, if that job served nothing else for me, working at that tiny station in Lowell, Mass was reminding me, I don't want to be doing this for long. Yeah. Like, I'm in the like game. Like I'm ready this for something cool. else. Yeah. This was like being at Caddyshack and I'm cleaning yeah. cleats. 
and yeah. and being and and then and then being at Kiss 108 in Boston was I get to tell the professional what what club they should grab because I got input and I got to the point where I was an in studio intern which was a big thing then and then God bless my friend uh, at the time uh, Chris uh, who we call Bobby Dugan another long story um, none of my friends have real names it's it's to protect the innocent uh, yeah. he's like he, at the time he's assistant program director in in Portsmouth. And he's like, we might have something for you. And that pulls me up here. It's insanity. Yeah. Well, it's funny on my way into the office this morning, I, um, I passed a car. I think mm -hmm. it was a Cadillac. I'm yep. not sure. And the license plate was um, think and grow. Yeah. And um, I was like, you know, like that we all need to just kind of take that mindset. Right. Like it's even with, with these setbacks and totally 2020 is mm -hmm. a total setback. Okay. Yeah. Like I, there's a lot about this year that feels like I got fired. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus called. He thanked you for your service. Yeah. Little. Uh, yeah, for sure. Yep. <laughs> you don't need to come back tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need to do this. You don't need it's, to go to school. It's Jonathan Lipnicki, 1996, Jerry Maguire. Go ahead and go. Go ahead and go. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. But it's <laughs> funny when you texted me, like, have you ever been fired? And I was like, uh, I mean, a long time ago. You, you got laid off. You got laid <laughs> off. No, I mean, it felt like firing mm. at the time. I know. It was everybody, awful. Yes. Everybody has their degree of rejection, right? Yeah. It's my, it's, you know, my, my trauma. Yeah. And uh, ironically, uh, Ironically, uh, we go to the ACC kickoff game against Florida State. Got yeah. lit up. Nobody should be shocked by that. Um, yeah. And, you know, I, I was there. And, yeah, but you were there to see it. Well, that plays right back into another thing that was just more important than uh, doing whatever that's I, – actually, I actually think I know what it was for. It was for a relatively good cause, and um, I still didn't have to do it, so we won't go down that road. That aside, it was one more BC game I got to be with my dad. Yeah. And Absolutely. now that he's gone, yeah, end of story. It was worth it. So I got fired, so I got to one more game with Richard. You know, that's yeah. the way I look at it. Yeah. Um, all that being said, we are going to have Brian Gendron here next week. If you feel right now because you're working from home, you're still in your comfy pants, you haven't started that nutritional plan you want, you feel like you're underutilizing your God-given talents, uh, we're going to exacerbate that for you next week. Uh, he is uh, firing on all cylinders. If nothing else, uh, he will inspire you uh, to change something by the end of next week's episode. Uh, a phenomenal talent, a, a great friend of ours, and uh, you will uh, absolutely pull three nuggets out of next week's episode with Brian Jenrin. So we look forward yes. to seeing him. We want to remind you as we grow these conversations and we continue to bring people in, uh, we've got Brian Jenrin coming in, our good friend out in Houston. It'll be next week. Uh, we're going to have... Uh, our friend, uh, the runner, what's her name? Kate. Kate, the runner, right? Run like a girl. Yep. She's coming. We've got your friend uh, who's got the, uh, the restaurant. We're going to bring in my friend, Chris Soon, who is a, um, a physiologist and a sports coach. All these conversations are coming in. And what's going to be you know, different about each one of them is clearly they're all different, that they are following their passion, that yeah. they are doing what they want to do. Because we can, we can joke about the fact, because I have a lot of people say, don't you miss radio? I miss what it was. You know, and the irony is now it's come full circle, right? Like I'm now back in a role doing 
this kind of stuff on a regular basis just because of the proximity of, of, of you know, our, the people at our company that you and I work with. Most of them are working from home or have the ability to do what they do remotely. So, yeah, no, I mean, yeah. we have an internal show that we do every single day. So, so <laughs> I sort of want it back anyway. So I really yeah, don't, yeah, I really don't miss manifested it. it. But yeah. to the, but to the point of like, we joked about the other week about how uh, Billy Corey and Adam and I were doing that other thing as we knew radio was coming to a screaming halt yeah. for us. And it was just, the industry was changing and we wanted to do what we wanted to talk about and have the freedom to do that. Not just talk a, a 30 second record to a post. Um, we get to do that again here. So you're going to hear about people really leaning into their passions and, yeah. and, and some of them who have been able to build it up and step away from and go in and have that glorious moment where they give their notice. Actually, there's, I just thought of another person I want to talk to. I've got a friend who started a brewery in Western Mass and it's called Two Week Notice. Ooh, I, I, I love that. Yeah, there's so many great stories that we want to share with you. So if you have somebody that you think we need to talk to and they'd be willing uh, to join us here, obviously in a Zoom format till further notice, uh, you can grab uh, our email. It's unscriptedtheshow at gmail.com and just send us a quick note with their contact info. We can reach out to them and take it from there. And we appreciate you guys listening. Uh, we'd love yeah. for you to subscribe. We'd love for you to like this episode. And then above and beyond that, if there's people that you know that this would speak to as well, please share it with them. Yes, share. Um, the more people we can get involved in this conversation, that's really what we want to do. Uh, we're both, uh, well, you, you, you shot home. I'm still at my office in Portsmouth in the grand yes, scheme of things. This is the home office. This is a passion project for us. Yes. Uh, we, there's no, there's no intentionality. Like we're going to, we're going to get 40 likes and we're going to be millionaires. Like, you know, uh, all the good shows actually are getting demonetized by YouTube. I have another friend I want to bring in and talk about that. Oh, I, I, okay. <laughs> that's <laughs> a thing. That's, That's a thing a that can thing. happen. That's a thing that can happen. Yeah, you can get demonetized. Um, because you're here's taking the problem. too much money we, away. We have to get monetized first. I mean, I, I really think we just need to have this space to have conversations and, yeah. um, you know, and then and whatever is going to happen is going to happen. Right. Um, you know, and that like peace out moment that mm -hmm. I, um, you know, that's why I'm here. So... <laughs> Because we're so. losing our minds. Yeah. It's fine. Maybe we'll change the show. Yeah. I thought it was called unscripted. No, it's we're losing our minds. They, they switched it last week. Right at the very end. You, should, you right might not have caught end. it. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. So please, again, subscribe, like the episode, share with your friends. Yeah. And if you've got somebody we need to talk to, it's unscriptedtheshow at gmail.com. Have a great week. And we'll see Thanks. you next we'll Wednesday you next night week. with the Brian Gendron. Whoop, whoop. Take care. Bye. Bye.